0: We try to communicate more with clients than
1: most accountants do. The Big Chat. This is all about collaboration and giving people in our towns the chance to have their say, their way. Hello, my name is Nicole and welcome to this week's episode of the Big Chat. Um, we've actually had a little bit of a breather. We did a, a big run up to Christmas with weekly episodes. Uh, which I love, love, love doing, and then over Christmas, we were road showing at Castlemas, which was so much fun with Hannah and Ollie, and absolutely loved doing that, some um, amazingly good fun Insta lives and episodes that we did with the guys over there, Um, but yeah, and then we got to January, and we kind of needed a bit of a breather and a bit of a break, Um, so we took some time out and kind of regrouped and thought about what we wanted to do for these episodes going forwards. Uh, Obviously, we also do the soapbox race. So we're getting really um, busy with all of that. But I was thinking what sort of guests would I like to have on uh, around this time? Now we're sort of February, March. And I don't know, I'm really interested in finance and mortgages and all kinds of um, investment opportunities and especially at this time of year, I think it's something that when we get into the end of tax returns and all kinds of things like that, a lot of us are kind of, what do we do And with everything we've gone through? So I met a very interesting chap um, at, uh, I can't remember if it was a dinner party or where it was, but very interesting chap and I thought, I need to get him on and have a chat with him because he's the man that's going to know. Certainly, his mortgage knowledge is phenomenal. So I'm really delighted to introduce you to um, someone that I've been getting to know recently better, which is Pete Amour from Amour Financial. Hello. Hello, Pete. (laughs) That was a long introduction, wasn't yeah, it? It was, yeah. That was like... Blah, 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 <gasps> <sighs> I wasn't breathe. sure if I, was, I should jump in at any point. <laughs> yeah, that's you your cue. What are you doing? So for people that have not come across you before, we always like our guests to kind of give a little bit of a summary of who they are and what they do. Could you do that for us, please?
0: please? I'll do my best. Thank you. So, well, it's all about mortgages, isn't it? So that's, yeah. that's who I am today. Yeah, that's who you are today. <laughs> So I've been running more Financial for six years, mm. went self-employed. Um, I actually got into the industry years and years ago, just before the collapse of Northern Rock.
1: Ah, yeah,
0: So it was a very different thing back then. It mm. was um, lots of self-cert mortgages. Um, just as a quick reminder, that, that means that people weren't actually having to show what they were earning. They could just say, I'm earning this, and a bank would believe them which seems quite crazy now, doesn't it? Um, And that's probably why a lot of the system collapsed uh, Mm. because of that. Uh, So now it's, it's really tightened up a lot of changes in 2014. Yeah. Um, And I was actually out of the industry for a few years and and got back into it when I saw that mortgages were starting to take off again, Mm. because it was very difficult actually advising people during the recession. A lot of the lenders just tightened up and I just started, so I didn't have many clients. Uh, so six years ago started completely from scratch no clients at all Um, and I was buying internet leads just trying to advise people that I didn't even know Wow! building up from that and then um, it's it's developed and it's becoming much more Tunbridge Wells centric these days.
1: Tunbridge Wells centric I love that (laughs) I like that that's that's really quite brave as well to just sort of Got no leads at all and a difficult market. Just, I mean, one of the things that we love doing on this show is talking to entrepreneurial people and, you know, people that started up their business. What were you doing before that, six years before?
0: It's another long story.
1: <laughs> That's okay. We've got some time, Pete. <laughs> we can talk about it today. Um,
0: well, I, I did run a business until 2011. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get straight out of the industry during mm-hmm. the recession. It just got harder and harder. Yeah. And then uh, I. I, I went travelling for yeah. a bit after that. Uh, and I I didn't think I would ever come back into the industry, to be honest. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was it, really. Yeah. My experience wasn't that favourable, considering it was a recession. Um, and then a friend of mine continued in the industry and talked me into getting back into it. Yeah, um, So I joined his company briefly. Uh, and actually two months after I joined him... Um, that's when Brexit happened. Oh and my god. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's when we had the vote and it felt like the world was gonna end and, yeah. and it's felt like the world's gonna end quite a few times since then, hasn't it? It really
1: has, <laughs> yes. It re- continues to do so. Yeah. yeah. Um
0: so it's it yeah, somehow survived this far. Yeah. And um yeah.
1: What do you love about doing what you do? Um like what makes you keep doing it and keep going? Like you've obviously come back into it in quite tough times
0: yeah um i should have an immediate answer to this question but it it sort of changes Mm. um uh, i've got to evolve with the business and i've taken two people on over the last couple of years um there's someone else starting in april um so my role is is developing from technician doing i would say when i first started that the mortgages that i was attempting were a lot a lot easier than the ones that i'm trying to get into now Mm. um and so it is that challenge of, of evolving with the business, really, and understanding uh, some, some of the technical points that are involved in, in mortgages. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are so many different ways of looking at finance in every single situation. So yeah. I suppose that's, that's it. it. It's having a chat with someone, trying to understand their position, Uh, And then trying to figure out the best way of approaching it. And that's the bit that I like, I suppose, as well as running the business.
1: The problem solving. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, like you mentioned, when they were sort of self-cert mortgages and certainly even back when I first got a mortgage, it seemed much easier. It was much more straightforward. I mean, everything just seems more complex now, doesn't it? But especially with even the size of deposits that people have to get now, if they want to get a property that's changed dramatically as well hasn't it because it you did used to not need quite as much of a deposit did you not or, d- or oh,
0: oh that that that's ch- that's the long answer as well yeah, yeah there's it's, it's it's moved and changed um so northern rock um they were doing 125% mortgages i mean <laughs> <laughs> it seems brilliant i know it what, seems... so they
1: gave you money yeah I mean...
0: So if you had a property that you were buying as a even a first-time buyer and you you you, you could develop the property, you could renovate it yeah. a little bit, they would give you more than the value of the property to, to do that. I mean, you can't... That, that's a completely unregulated thing yeah. to do that. So you, you can still do that, but you'd have to take bridging finance, which is a lot more expensive and yeah. uh, not many people are brave enough to, to, to use that type of finance. You've got to be quite entrepreneurial to, to really see the benefit of it. Yeah. Um, the, the current position with residential mortgages, you can actually borrow at 95% because the government reintroduced it. Um, so during the recession, it, it, it came all the way back. I, I think you needed a 25% deposit even for residential yeah. after the credit crunch. Um, that's if memory serves. Yeah. And then uh, since, since then it, it, it gradually got easier and easier. People were able to put down smaller and smaller deposits. Yeah. Um, we've not gone back to 100% mortgages, but 95 still. It's pretty
1: close, though, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think, actually, I do remember it when it was 25%. That's, I mean, that's a lot, yeah. 25% a deposit.
0: And, and that would be a typical position on a, an investment property. Okay. Although more and more lenders I get emails every day you know you you can't keep up with all of them because there are so many lenders out there yeah but I've I've seen uh, several lenders now saying we're launching buy to let 80% rates so if you you only need a 20% deposit in other words
1: and do you think I mean with buy to let mortgages are they quite straightforward to get alongside residential mortgages because I mean I myself I've got obviously as you know I've got like a buy to let but i got it i lived in it for a while now i don't live in it so it's gone on to a whatever it is percentage over or something but oh it's not yeah. a buy to let mortgage i've never gone out and actually purchased one is that a similar process yeah. or is it quite different
0: yeah you're like an accidental landlord that's exactly yeah. it yeah, so yeah. The, the the original lender's given you consent to let that property exactly yeah um and until you move away from that uh, once you move away from that uh, depending on the lender um most will class that as a, as a pure buy-to-let at that point, as an investment. They won't right. class you as accidental anymore.
1: No, and yeah, I appreciate it on that. from that point. Yeah, I mean, I kind of was doing it on purpose, but I just yeah. didn't get around to doing the paperwork on changing to a buy-to-let. But yes. I see what you're saying, but is for people out there that, I mean, because that's a busy market, isn't it?
0: Buy-to-let? Yeah. Yeah, um, it seems to, uh, so, so a year ago, if you'd asked me, I mean, yeah. pretty much all I was doing was residential. Was it? That, that stamp duty holiday. Yes, uh, lots of weird stuff has happened in the last yeah. few years, actually. Yeah. Um, that stamp duty holiday um, uh, activated a latent market that was, you know, scared by Brexit. Yeah. And, um, and and then there's the, the change of government that happened. And as soon as Boris Johnson came in uh, and, and people had actually voted en masse for a new government... Um, it, uh, people's confidence seemed to return yeah. for two months and then covid hit um god and then uh, once once covid hit everyone backed off again or so it seemed yeah. i was thinking what do i do now with my business
2: yeah
0: and then i think it was july 2020 uh they announced the stamp duty holiday mm. i think it was july i have to check that one
1: <laughs> but it was, i remember it was around then that you had and yeah. so so you literally then saw the market yeah
0: erupted yeah really I did more um I had more calls and uh, I did more uh decisions in principle Mm. um so just just processing people's inquiries through with a lender uh just getting the first half of an application done where where credit checks are made by the lenders uh to make sure that they were okay to buy that property they were looking at buying I did more that month than I'd ever done before god the month of the announcement and then for the next well Nine months. Yeah, it was just uh, I'd, I'd never seen that much business before. It was wow. uh, it was quite hard keeping up with it all.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: then there's then there was a gap as the stamp duty holiday ended, and then for some reason, it's it's um, yeah more of these buy to let inquiries, like you said, yeah, just, um, and 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 quite a lot more commercial inquiries for me as well. For for whatever reason, yeah, people maybe property developers looking to to purchase commercial units, especially. Um, and redevelop into residential.
1: I was going to say because that's changed as well now, hasn't it? Because yeah. I know I had a friend that had some commercial property. She wanted to sell, and she or she wanted and she wanted to change over the usage, and it was like near enough impossible to do that. When did that? When did that change? Uh, to change the use. Um, yeah, when did it become easier? Because they've lifted it a bit now, so the commercial can be changed to residential. It's a bit. It's a bit easier to do now, isn't it? Or has yeah. something changed?
0: I mean, I mean, when you think about. Um, commercial property, a mm. lot of retail units, Amazon. I mean, th- yeah. this, uh, it's been looming for a really long time yeah. anyway. And then COVID just accelerated everything. Mm. Um, so there are still some lenders that are happy to lend on retail, mm-hmm. some commercial lenders. Um, but generally speaking, they've they've backed off a little bit actually and some won't won't touch retail at all anymore. Really? Some of the big banks won't touch it because it's under threat. Mm. Um, so really... Uh, and you look around Tunbridge Wells. I don't know if we're allowed to say anything. Of like course, that.
1: you are. <laughs> we're all from Tunbridge Wells. Everyone Tum-
0: sees what we see. Tunbridge Wells is thriving in inverted commas. And <laughs> so you see every every empty shop has I this uh, this billboard. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I've seen more and more and more of them. And I'm sure that's everywhere, mm. all around the country. Um, so what's the what is the answer? So I, I, I guess uh, this. I don't know if there's been a, a dramatic shift in policy necessarily, but um, I know that that a lot more people are trying to buy these commercial properties speculatively in order to, to convert to residential. I think also
1: they're quite interesting, some of them, because even in Langton, near to where we are today, um, to where I've got a property down the road, there's literally, there was a butcher's and there was um, a horse, like they sold, I don't know what you call the horse places, that sell horse things, but they're converting them all to houses. Some of them have been converted to flats and they actually make really interesting properties like yeah. to live in residential so, but that was, you know, years ago, we weren't even allowed to put a fence up outside our house because it was like, no, it's it's changed so, things so are much. Um, and I, yeah, and I think with Tumbridge Wells, like you say, there's so many empty units and, and shops because of COVID and because of other things. I imagine that people will be thinking, well, that would make quite an interesting property to live in maybe
0: yeah and then you see all those old churches don't you that, yeah that, that still got the stained glass or people just uh, pe- people put the, the stained glass back in there yeah to to, to to keep that churchy look and that wouldn't have been allowed a, a couple of hundred years ago would it <laughs> definitely, definitely <laughs> uh, wouldn't so yeah so there are more interesting properties being created it's still it's still a challenge though yeah. um, if you're converting a commercial unit that's surrounded by commercial units into residential You've then got to find a lender that's okay with it being in a, in a commercial area. God. Lots of lenders don't really like that. Um, and if you've got a flat that's, if, you, if you've got a, a two story, three story building that's all commercial and you develop the, uh, the two floors above to residential, keep the ground floor as commercial, again, um, it's got to be the right kind of commercial in some cases. Yeah. They don't like takeaways, as an example, or pubs or restaurants. Um, and even next door they don't like that so it's got to be the right type of property um, with the caveat that there's always a lender for something so yeah uh, it's just most lenders don't like that but there there are always the outlier lenders that, that have a niche.
1: So you must have to do a l- I mean you must be quite patient <laughs> <laughs> just because you must have to do a lot of backwards and forwards and a lot of fact-finding and you know like you say you're finding out about someone's situation and you're matching a lender to the right person and the right project that sounds like a lot of that sounds like a lot of admin to me
0: it's a lot of admin I like to delegate Uh, yeah me too (laughs) just be like (laughs) I just feel
1: like oh that's giving me a headache Suzanne where are you can you help me I mean I just but you know is that one of the reasons why it's good to have a financial advisor or a broker, mortgage broker, working with you, would you say? Because that's,
0: that's one reason. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, another reason might be actually that you've got to present it to the lender in the right way. Yes. You've got to explain things, yeah. and um, you might not understand what a lender's asking for. I don't always understand what a lender's asking for, and and they don't always understand what they're asking for. Yeah. So, um, my my job is to understand their criteria, and and generally speaking, even when I call the lender. Uh, depending on who I speak to, they might not understand their own criteria and have yeah. to ask someone else for help. So um, it, it can get a bit complicated. Yeah, um, and it's also knowing who who's going to look at this in the first place. There, there's all this criteria, like like we were just saying yeah. above a commercial. Who who does that go with? Who's who's the best lender for that? Um, and partly through experience and partly through research, I find that out.
1: Yeah, because I mean, when you started out, how did you? Like where would you know where? To, I mean, don't give away your trade secrets, obviously. But how did you know where to start with things? I mean, I it didn't. Must, must be a lot of research. It
0: was. I was calling lenders and chatting to them. Were you? That was. Uh, I, I didn't have that many inquiries, so I had yeah. a lot more time to do that back in those days. And I was calling lenders, having a chat with them, trying to understand where where they were coming from, mm. and they were only too happy to chat to me because I'm bringing them business potentially. Yeah. Um, so. I suppose quite a lot of effort made in the beginning to understand this and obviously things move and change in the meantime and it's almost impossible to keep up with everything that's going on um, but technology's evolved as well to help us with the research. Oh has it? So is yeah. that something
1: even in the last six years?
0: Uh, yeah definitely. In the really? Last, uh, last year we've been introduced to new technology that's really helped with the, um, some of the residential and buy-to-let research.
1: Oh, okay. So that's so almost just like systems that are in place that would just speed up that process or make yeah. it more efficient.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't think this is giving away trade sh- secrets. Uh, no, it won't. well, it's like, I
1: suppose it's like with accountancy, isn't it? If you're a b- new business, I mean, even mm. things like, you know, there was Sage, but then there's QuickBooks and all these things now, isn't there, that help you as an, as an employer and employee to do things
0: and and they uh, and they link into your own bank account so you actually theoretically you don't actually have to key in any transaction exactly it, it does it all for you and and you can set programs so yeah. that it remembers what that transaction actually was so um not quite as simple as that with mortgages because it every case is individual yeah and, and what I would say even after all the years that I've been doing it e- um I'm still learning mm. that, and, and I don't think that's ever going to stop because There are infinite numbers of possibilities for uh, situations that that appear. Um, So I'll have a a, a brand new inquiry that I've never heard of before. Yeah. Um, And I'll probably have one of those every week.
1: And how, I mean, how do you manage people's expectations? Because surely people must get very excited. They want to buy a house or they've seen a house. Because everything's moving so quickly now, isn't it, Pete? I mean, houses are just, they go, they're literally, you drive past someone and there's a it's for sale and then it's sold oh yeah yeah it's so quick it depends
0: doesn't it but i I know there are a lot of people waiting for houses and there aren't enough in tunbridge wells this is yeah uh, particularly at a certain level where um um i I don't want to um say too much in case i haven't fully understood it myself but Mm. from what i've been able to understand obviously house prices actually have gone up through covid yeah they have uh and um, I believe that it's a lot of people moving out of London, or mm. even out of their flats, in or smaller houses in Tunbridge Wells. So the the sweet spot seems to be uh, somewhere between a million and two million. It's
1: crazy, isn't
0: it? It is, and that's that's to buy you a house, uh, maybe a four or five bed detached with a garden, yeah. which is what some people just simply expect. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have had to manage their own expectation and. Mostly, people come to me um, with some idea of of what they can afford. Mm. Um, I don't know how they find that out, actually, but they seem to have an idea. They're looking at the right the the right sort of end of the market for them. Is it? Yeah. I mean, mean,
1: is there a formula that? I mean, I sp- well, I suppose, like you say, there's the, eight, the there's the 95 percent or whatever. But
0: yeah. But in terms of how much you can borrow, yeah. Yes, there is. Um, it's easier for those who are employed. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to just run through all of that if
1: Yeah no because it's there. really interesting because I know certainly when I was younger you had to do the old three months payslips Yeah you that's had to still do three
0: the three months
1: payslips and it was much easier obviously to be well I just remember my husband at the time was self-employed and it was just a nightmare had I not had a regular salary yeah it would have been much harder for us to get anywhere
0: Yeah I, I mean from my side dealing with self-employed or employed it, it's it's just the same Yeah um, uh, but but from the other side, it, it's it's collecting documents. I mean, um, and and understanding how the lenders look at it as well uh, from from the client side. So employed really easy, yeah. um, especially if you've just got your basic and no bonuses, no overtime, no commission. Um, if you just got your basic salary, um, generally speaking, I always have to say generally speaking because every lender is different. Mm-hmm. But some or a lot follow the same process you'd be able to borrow about 4.75 times that. Okay. Um, depending on how much you earn, some lenders will go to five or even five and a half times income um, in the really rare circumstances. So it is actually possible to borrow five and a half.
1: Th- and is that, so if you were, say, um, say that you're in a relationship with someone but you're not married, so you're not, in, you know, it doesn't matter if you're engaged, does it, but you're just a couple. Yeah. and. How does that work if you want to buy a property together? So does it literally just double then? It yeah, just it just doubles, yeah. It just does. And it didn't used to work like that. I'm,
0: I'm aware that it yeah. used to be, uh, what was it, in the 90s, that yeah. it was three times one income, one times another. You'd add them together and come up with the right. But but once lenders um, opened up that um, that doorway to yeah. borrowing joint four or five times income... yeah. Obviously, with it, the house prices shot up. Yeah. That's probably why they're That's so high. That's probably why they did. <laughs> because people could <can> afford. <laughs> That's to, what it is, yeah. yeah people to yeah. get together, buying, buying properties. And... Um, you don't have that sort of um, tradition where one maybe stays at home, looks yeah. after the children. Uh, a lot of couples now both work. You've got yeah. a lot of couples in London, mm. no children at all, or they both got, or, or they've got children between them. I suppose and they that still makes work. no difference. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, both yeah, yeah, working, yeah. Yeah. earning a lot of money together, and then they can um, they, they push the house price in London up, and and potentially some of those same people have moved moved to Tunbridge Wells and pushed the prices up down here and around. The M twenty five belt probably.
1: Those Londoners, eh?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dastardly Londoners. <laughs> what about friends? Can friends kind of pull in together and buy together? Is that and is that something that? Because I know lots. I know now as a buy to let, there's more. Sh- there's a name for it, isn't it? When they're sharing. A bit like, you know, like student lets, but wor- working people now are more likely to, if they can't afford a rental property on their own, they're more likely to look at renting with friends. That seems to be something that's becoming a bit more common okay. in these areas. I did not know if it was the same with mortgages, if anyone does that. Yeah,
0: you, I mean, you like can Like a buy, syndicate. You, you, well, okay, yeah, so so uh, a couple of answers to that. But yes, uh, actually, you don't have to be related to the person you're buying the mortgage with. Okay. Um, and... In terms of syndicates, that might be more when you're investing in property, I yeah, suppose. Um, yeah. So you, you might start a limited company and have multiple shareholders within that company um, and then start buying property that way. That that um, That's quite a popular way of doing things. Yeah. You know, some businesses actually uh, have based their model on it. Um, uh, th- my mind's going in so many different directions right now. And uh, I mean... It, it's just just happenstance I was sitting on a train on Saturday yeah and I heard someone talking about a company that he works for um just overheard the conversation I was you were listening <laughs> You were having. I a mean little... he was sat right opposite me so okay. what could I do <laughs> and he also mentioned property he said that um probably shouldn't mention the name of the company but it, it's designed to get investors um buying into property without them going through the hassle of actually buying the property themselves. Wow. So you'd have an app and you'd be able to just say, here's, I'm going to pledge 30,000 in this particular area of the country. Yeah. You don't have to worry about owning the house. So no doubt they're collecting money from lots of investors. They're investing it themselves in properties. They're managing everything and they're giving a return. Wow. So speaking of syndicates. Goodness me.
1: Um. That wasn't anything to do with me, that syndicate but <laughs> <laughs> like, But I think that's an I- interesting way of doing it because I know yeah. a few years ago friends of mine were talking about doing it possibly because, well, it is that thing, isn't it, pooling together? Yeah, We've definitely. talked about that before we as well yeah, where, yeah. you know, families, certain, you know, different demographics tend to do that more. Yeah. They tend to... Pull family resources together more, and we we tend to like doing it all on our own, yeah, making it really hard. Yeah, very and if we stoic. all come
0: together, we could uh, we could do this. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there's a song
1: about that somewhere, <laughs> and it stretches out far further than mortgages. But it's true, really, isn't it? Yeah. So, what um, do you have? I mean, so I've got uh, Rachel who uh, works for me, and she, I know she'd love to buy a property with her boyfriend one day. Is it, How hard is it for yo- the younger generation? Is it still pretty tough, or is it... Because we always hear, I always hear that it's quite hard. I don't putting on the spot here Pete. no
0: but i I was gonna say i don't know if it depends on age or where or is that relative
1: to salary and all those things yeah
0: and and where you live in the country as well because yeah yeah, if you're down here uh, i'd say it's anyone (laughs) that struggles unless you've already got a property but uh you know i i have friends who um uh, didn't sell a house for a very long time they kept their house that was that they outgrew Mm. um and then they've got to make this giant jump up the housing ladder, and it's been really difficult even for them mm. um, so there are there are plenty of examples of people who are struggling um I imagine it's not well I was going to say about uh, uh, talk about the the elderly population as well, but new financial products have come out mm. um which which I don't actually deal with directly yeah. uh, equity release
1: but so equity release isn't that a bit i mean. I always think that sounds a bit scary, equity for the for the elder generation, because I've have heard whispers from people who've had experience that they make a loved ones passed on, and they've had an equity release on their property, and then they're left with quite a lot to sort out. Actually, it's yeah. not that straightforward.
0: Um, I, I, obviously depends I, on the case and again, by case thing. I, yeah. Again, it depends on the advisor that yeah. advised in the oh first. place. Yeah. And there is some there's, there there are some brokers out there. Mm um that I could introduce you to even that that would actually be able to chat that through because yeah uh, and and that's that's something where families would need to get involved you know it shouldn't just be the the person whose house it is that's arranging the finance it should be the whole family
1: yeah Um, so it should be all of them understanding it
0: definitely from the outset and there from what I understand this is not my subject but there are um a lot more products out there now it's a lot more regulated Mm. um and there's a lot more choice so um that's good yes um but in terms of uh, young people struggling, yes, I suppose it's harder to get a big deposit together that you probably need these days to actually yeah. be able to afford a house around here. Um, and maybe they're all going to have to move to places where the properties are cheaper, if that's realistic or not.
1: I know. Are we st- are we still one of the most expensive places to live, Tunbridge Wells?
0: It's got it's got to be up there, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, lo- there are obviously there are pockets of London that are a lot more expensive than down here. Yeah. Um, we've just had the development in the, the pantiles yeah. um and other places i've seen one bed flats for well in excess of 300,000 which does seem really really high it does um, doesn't it and as we talked about these these detached properties with gardens for well over a million um and it's 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 the standard that people just expect so Yes, you've got to earn a lot of money or have a lot of cash in the bank to be yeah. able to. Do that. Yeah.
1: and do you find when interest rates go up, that's that must affect the mortgages and what people are doing? And because obviously we had a little, we had a little. It's increase. a bit of a
0: bump, isn't it? And it scared a lot of people. Well, because um, we haven't
1: had one for so long
0: well it funnily enough the Bank of England base rates half a percent um, mm. and actually when you when you look at the average over the last ten years it's probably been that yeah oh so yeah it's just yeah. it just dropped down really low yeah uh, and it's come back up to that but then again um, f- lots of uh, circumstances mm. outside of everyone's control at the moment um, and one that we we're, we're still getting over with covid Yeah. Um, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, you know? uh, and that that uh, that big ship caught in the Suez Canal. I mean, I'm I'm going outside to sort of global mm. uh, situations here, but um, potentially as as f- who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, inflation's high for a particular reason, but uh, I seem to only remember seeing inflation starting to go up in September. Yeah, uh, and that's not a long time ago now. No. So uh, a year ago, the chat or the uh, the topic seemed to be we're going to go into negative interest rates mm. and that's only a year ago and then it's now changed to interest rates are going to keep going up uh, I know. As, so- uh you know, as soon as they can have meetings to, to to push those interest rates up they're going to keep flying up so i have no idea what's going to happen but yeah. um if they go up yes uh, there's obviously going to be a lot of um uh, a lot of inquiries coming our way mm. um and we're going to have to Uh, help people as much as possible in that situation and I guess it's going to come down to affordability
1: yeah because do you see trends in the type of mortgages that people take out I I mean I know for my for example sometimes I want to be locked in with a fixed rate I mean that's obviously down to my own personal reasons and you've got to figure that out but is there what I'm getting at is there certain trends around that based on what's going on in the in the world you know yeah where people are a bit more bullish with trackers and then they're not and they want to be on fixed rates
0: well funnily enough i mean i suppose in the last six years i've only been around for the low interest rates so yeah people are far less interested in the trackers unless they uh, yeah of course know something in inverted commas i don't see how anyone could know what's going to happen with interest rates because they're voted on by a by a select committee Um, but uh, really i suppose the trend for if we're talking about trends if if people's circumstances allow a five-year fixed rate yeah um that that tends to be the direction that they go in, um and pretty much has been since I started the company. So it, it, it really does depend on their own situation. Um but even ten year rates are starting to drop. Um yeah. and uh it was in the paper just a couple of weeks ago that um the Lloyd's banking group brought out a ten year fix that was lower than two percent. Goodness me. Which is unheard of. That so is. um yeah.
1: Good old Lloyds. I didn't get off with that one, <laughs> did I? Did I get off with that one? No. Um, <laughs> no what's been one of your most interesting um, projects that you've ever had to work on in the last six years? Oh, that's a tough one. That is a it? tough one. Well, I can't just let you off the hook here, just asking you questions about all these things you're knowledgeable about. Yeah. But um, no, what has been really sort of a juicy
0: project? Well, I, I like cases where someone's got... Um, Either a big portfolio, yeah, um, or they're doing something quite interesting with the property. Yeah. Um, so one of the interesting inquiries that I've had recently, uh, which which hasn't developed that far so far, it's just it's just been a, a, a conversation with with a client. Uh, so I can't I can't claim any credit to actually organising or sorting this one out, but it's just someone who bought um, a few a few ex bank buildings. Wow. Uh, in In the center of reading, and he was looking to um redevelop those and he just had so many ideas for it and he was he was just extremely clever, yeah, even though he denied being clever at all. he was extremely modest i wasn't sure how genuine that was <laughs> but um yeah i don't see how how you can uh claim that you're not clever when you're buying uh such expensive buildings yeah. and and you have all these amazing plans for them but i think he was just he was smart enough to know where his limitations were yeah and using all these other experts that he just knew in his own community yeah builders and planet surveyors and architects um to think about how he could maximize what uh, the, the profits that he was going to make from the property and he wants yeah. to hang on to them he wants to redevelop well. them uh, create a lot of uh, residential housing, multi-storey flats, that sort of thing, above commercial. Um, so it was fun for me just to, to actually start researching that and finding the lenders that would help. Um,
1: does it ignite and inspire you to do things? Like, do you sort of think, oh, I'd quite like to do this? Or, yeah, actually, it, or it Where Or you like a mechanic where you you, you fix everyone else's cars <laughs> and yours has got the exhaust hanging off the back? Um i'd like to think <laughs> i know you're not like that p at all no i'd like to think i'm not like that <laughs> you're not
0: but um but actually i'd like to um learn learn more this yeah. year i mean i i'm i'm meeting more and more developers yeah. these days um and I'm, I'm finding them quite interesting to speak to because they do look at things in a very different way to mm. the average person mm. um and that makes you look at money in a very different way, and mm. and for whatever reason, I find that subject interesting. So, yeah. um, yes, if I can find uh, the sponsorship to start to uh, start my own little thing, that would my be little brilliant. syndicate, yeah, it's just coming up with an idea and, and having the right contact uh, contacts, um, and knowing also that the market's safe, and uh, that, that's that's a whole new can of worms, isn't mm. it? Really, is the market safe at the moment? Um, and some people say. That Tumbridge Wells is always safe.
1: So lots of people say that, Yeah. and it kind of hasn't been proved wrong yet. It's true, yeah. but it's you know i literally was born here. I was saying to my friends at the weekend, I was like, oh my god, I literally was born here. I've not moved at all. I've not gone anywhere. Yeah. Um But no, it really has. It really has been the case in Tunbridge Wells. It does seem to be good, good investment. Yeah, I, I remember.
0: I remember maybe house prices taking a bit of a dip. Um, they did in, in, in recession. In, the, in this recession for a little while and mm. then they just went bounced straight w- they just bounced straight back up mm. again didn't they yeah and i don't know when they've gone backwards since then
1: yeah i guess it's that uh you know much like trading isn't it it's just ju- judging the market or seeing something come up it's like you say not everyone can read the market certainly not properties but you've got to be brave i suppose haven't yes. you especially if you're an investor yeah or developer
0: you've got to be brave uh and you've got to be I was going to say you've got to be organised, but some property developers I know don't seem to be. Um, mm. I would say that, obviously, you've got to know people and you've got to get the, the paperwork done. Yeah. Um, and maybe at least if you have a team that gets that that side of things organised, um, then then you've got a chance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with your – I mean, with clients as well, because I'm always, I'm always interested in this. I'm always interested in how people you grow their businesses – so if you've got a client and you're working with a client, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. And then what if nothing comes of it? Ah, good question. Well, is I mean that I just feel bad. I just think, I mean, you know, I'm not asking for behind the scenes, but there, that's that must be quite hard to invest your time in something, and then it doesn't come up. I suppose it's the same with anything, really, it, isn't
0: it's, it? It's a bit like having faith. Yeah, and it actually is. Yeah. Um, so over the 6 years. Mm. Um I think I've been messed around. I could probably count it on one hand, you know, the, oh, the that's good. Time. Most people don't go out of their way to mess you around. Good. Some people um will will use and abuse. Mm. But they're so it's so rare or I I've been lucky. Um but we've got a bit of a trust model that's set up. So in terms of uh, fees we don't we don't actually charge anything mm. until right at the end of the process so yeah. if um once once someone's got their keys basically if they're buying a property or uh, once the money's gone into the bank and they've changed lenders um when they're remortgaging that's when we charge so it's only on completion yeah uh so we could go the whole duration and it could be through no fault or fault of our own yeah uh, that it falls out but I've set it up that way on purpose as more of an incentive to keep us involved throughout yeah. the process, yeah. um, which could be uh, a, a little bit masochistic. But, um, you know, we we just, um, we've got a st- several parts of the process. We're responsible for getting the offer with the lender. Yeah. Um, and once it's moved from offer, then the solicitor takes over uh, and there could be a legal issue with the property that we we are completely unaware of
1: exactly that's yeah. it that's what I mean it could be something that you can't do anything about
0: that's right but it doesn't it doesn't happen that often mm. um, and I was looking at the statistics actually in the whole industry I think uh, there's I don't know what you'd call it maybe a burn rate or a, you know a, a, a failure rate of yeah. maybe may, quite high actually r- yeah. around 20 to 25 wow. percent of applications that don't make it to offer yeah um but then again sometimes we do have to have a couple of goes yeah. um and it might be or it's generally to do with the actual property itself
2: right okay
0: rather than the uh, the client circumstances unless yeah. something dramatically changes
1: so do you and with growing the business i mean that's you've obviously mentioned you've got two people working with you and someone who's coming on in april that's i mean that's that's great, but that it's what have you what have you learned about yourself over the last? Because it must have been hard. You've been busy, but it's been a hard, interesting market, hasn't it? So
0: yeah, what have I learned about myself? Yeah, um, that uh, that I'm impatient and I want to grow the business, <laughs> <laughs> despite having this this sensible voice at the back of my head that says just keep it safe and um yeah. you know make sure you've got enough money in the bank and make sure that there's there are definitely enough customers there uh, because again this faith thing coming yeah. back to that yeah the faith is also where are these clients going to come from because yeah. we have no idea at the beginning of the month it's not like it's not like running a business with direct debits we we don't have a guaranteed um number of uh, mortgages that we're going to do a month yeah it's just new inquiries and they happen to come in mm. and the trend has been upwards for us for the last six years so um we've been helping more and more and more people and more and more people are hearing about us so that's translating to more and more business yeah but it's just it almost seems like chance still yeah
1: and so. when do, when you say more and more people are hearing about you cause, so you're be- where are you based pete where are you based in tom Wales well uh
0: <laughs> the last six years from home yeah um And obviously I'm not going to announce where that is, uh, but...
1: (laughs) No, don't do that. Don't do that. Everyone will be round for a party. Exactly,
0: yeah, or a cup of tea at the very least. Um, But yes, uh, there's going to... Well, there is a physical location now in the Pantiles. Yeah. um, And this opens up a new talking point. Yeah. (laughs) Which is where we're going. Yeah. uh, Which is the finance hub. Um, So... A a lady in Tunbridge Wells called Gillian, yeah. um, who I need to introduce you to actually. Yes, please.
1: Um, I look forward to meeting you, Gillian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, has had an idea. Um, I don't know how long ago she had the idea, but she came to me with it a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was one of the first people she approached in Tunbridge Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is her, um, th- this is the original. So she's opened up a workspace yeah. uh, with a receptionist loads of champagne and wine and beer in the fridges, soft yeah. drinks as well co- yeah. decent coffee machine yeah. so you can walk in there as, as uh, the average person yeah. and theoretically any financial need that you might have uh, you'll be able to come in there and have a quick chat with the receptionist and be put in touch with the right person so um, I don't want to leave anyone out so I'm probably best off not trying to remember every single type of business that's in there <laughs> but for example yeah you know, but it's it's all financial services yeah. so services like mine and complementary services yeah. and auxiliary services um she hasn't gone as far as uh, solicitors or accountants yeah um but that's because there are so many in Tunbridge Wells mm. um um and and they're not they're not the specifically necessarily financial services mm. uh, that that we could recommend there are so many different niches within those categories so mm.
2: What's
1: it called?
0: What's what called? What's that? Oh, oh the finance hub. <laughs> That's the finance hub. Just to say hub. it again, finance Just, hub.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so if people want to find out more about that, is there a generic website? That there we'll is,
0: uh, I think it's thefinancehub.money. Okay, and yeah.
1: but if people want to find you individually, they can find you through your own website as We've well. We've got
0: our own website, yeah, a more financial dotco.uk and uk. yeah or if you just type a more financial into google it will definitely come up or even mortgage brokers into google tunbridge wells yeah and that will come up there
1: what okay. do you think um people because the other thing is with broker i mean anyone can have a mortgage broker can't they it's not yes. just an exclusive thing i think you know some people seem to not everyone but some people think like oh you only have an accountant if you've Th- there's this sort of limitation some people put on themselves yeah, that, maybe. you know that's and it's like e- yeah. where i think oh they think they have to go and do it themselves unless they're boring sort of hundreds and hundreds i mean most things are hundreds of thousands of pounds now but do you know yeah. what i mean i think anyone could have a mortgage broker yeah. because of all those reasons and that's
0: a perception that's um, that's changing as well yeah. um and actually because of those changes that came about in 2014 the ones that i mentioned earlier um it, I think it's been a lot more expensive for banks to actually offer advice within the, the, the banks. Yeah. Um, so uh, a, a couple of um, barriers, I suppose, would be that you have to book an appointment during a working day. Yeah. You have to physically go in there a lot of the time as well if you actually want to meet your financial advisor in your branch. Yeah. And quite often you have to book several weeks in advance so you can't God. just get something sorted that quickly. Absolutely. So, um. the, the banks... Uh, HSBC were actually one of the last to, to send um, their business to brokers. They didn't like the idea for a long time. Mm. Uh, and now, now they want to be one of the biggest um, banks for intermediaries. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. It? Um, and it just shows the way that things have gone. It is too expensive to have that in-house. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know what the stat is now. But um, as I came into the industry, I'm sure that it was more like sort of 50, 60% of people that... That went to mortgage brokers, yeah. um, and then gradually that changed. So when I was reading about it most recently, which was still a few years ago, um, it, it was it was pushed up to seventy percent of people wow. going. I'm sure it's probably more like ninety percent. I'm sure yes. most people actually find the broker. So so hopefully that exclusive thing is, yeah. is going away. Um, and yeah, uh, there's 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 a lot of competition for us out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so what
1: sets you aside from i know you're very modest but what sets you aside would you say why Why would you be a good fit for you know obviously there's lots of great people out there but why would you particularly sort of say that the more financial is a good place to come well we've other we've, than yourself obviously
0: <laughs> we focused on uh trying to make things as easy as possible yeah. so um with in some cases uh, clients sent forms we yeah. don't send out forms we we complete everything mm-hmm. um so we ask for our process goes that we ask for the standard documents that we're going to need at the beginning of the process anyway yeah so you might as well send them over id proof of income proof of address and yeah. um, bank statements so we look at all of those and, and a lot of the information contained um in those documents uh, we just extract and put into our own fact find. So that just saves us sending forms out to clients so Absolutely, less repeat of information. Um, but also we get to them really quickly mm-hmm. as well. And not uh, our first chat is a lot more casual. It's um, it's an overview of the situation. Can we help or not a quick assessment? Yeah. Um, and uh for, for speed that works really well for people, people are busy, yeah uh, they've got so many things to organize now they've got so much information flying at them, and they just want something easy so mm-hmm. I like to think that we make that process really easy we take the problem off them yeah um, and then we're communicating over the phone and via email, but it's in snippets so it, you don't have to commit to an hour or two
1: and that and i I can vouch for that you're you're very speedy and I think the forms like filling in forms people s- certainly people like me yeah. um it's a real godsend to have someone do that because what d- i mean i just get panicky when i have to do forms anyway yeah. for starters which um, i'm not the only person
0: uh, yeah i've learned a lot about forms
2: over the years I bet yeah. you have. <laughs> i bet you have
1: so if people want to find out more about you the best place to go is your website but they can also find you through the finance hub and what can we expect to see from a more financial over the next 12 months if you manage to rein in your your you know gusto it it's going to grow isn't it there's going to be more stuff more yeah
0: i'd I'd say actually one thing one area that we're weak is advertising so it's actually trying to put our name out there a little bit more um and and what a beautiful
1: way to end this podcast (laughs) it's trying to get the name out there and you're doing just that right now yeah but yeah. And but yeah, I think more people knowing about you and talking about what you do. And I think also, um, you are very knowledgeable. You're very knowledgeable about things and you you're always very happy to answer questions. So yeah. I think that's the other thing to say is that people can always just phone you for a chat, can't they, really?
0: Yeah yeah a focus chat of course a focus chat not just chat chat. nonetheless
1: (laughs) no no sort of random cups of tea focus (laughs) chats is what we like thank you so much for coming to talk to us today and um yeah i'm looking forward to well i'm looking forward to getting some mortgages with you at some point in the future (laughs) for sure i know it's gonna happen definitely (laughs) thank you so much thank you Thanks.
0: thanks